Well, I can begin easily enough with a simple question. Okay. Have you ever attended a high school reunion? No, not really. Now, if I turn that question back at you and... (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you know, I I am fresh off of a high school reunion. We're talking turkey. We're talking turkey. Welcome to the show. We're talking turkey. We're talking turkey. I don't even know if I have my thoughts together about it yet. And I, I wish that I had a juicier anecdote than I do, but I think I'm I'm just gonna be able to give you like fragments and notes and okay. some, some general takeaways. I just finished reading Philip Roth's American Pastoral, and the novel basically kicks off with a high school reunion. Wow. So that was by accident that all this is kind of lined up. But this wasn't put on by my high school. Oh. It, it was just put on by uh, a friend of mine. Off book. Off book. And I was against it. it so he and I remained in, in close contact. It's one of my best friends. But uh, he, he was contacted by a friend of ours from the year above us. And someone had arranged one for that year. And uh, coming off of that, she thought it was so cathartic and wow. important and wow. valuable that wow. she went out of her way to like get back in touch with my friend and be like, you need to do this. What is this, a mid-level marketing scheme? Like, <laughs> like one person does one, they have to, they have to help convince. Like, now, now you get four more yeah. and then we're all eating good. That's amazing that it was a domino effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it really did seem, the way I heard it, it felt so transformative. Like, he came out of that exchange and he had to do this. Wow. And he and he went forward and he did do this. So what, what were her points? Like, cathartic, you know, can be, yeah. you know, a number I, I of think, different modes. No, that's, that's true. And uh, don't hold me to the strict uh, Aristotelian uh, definitions here. <laughs> but uh, I, I think... Her point was maybe she had had like a certain view of high school and of her friends and of how she carried herself there and how mm-hmm. she came into herself there. And I think going helped really clarify maybe some misconceptions oh. that she might have had. And I think that is probably a best case scenario high school reunion. Like you get there and you're like, oh, man, um, maybe it's like akin to going home or like going to like a somewhere you spent time as a child and then never went back to and like opening a drawer Right. And like finding things again and they have this like restorative power. That feels like the sort of best case yeah. scenario of, of doing something like that. So I mean, where where can I where can I start? Yeah, um, so yes, yeah, begin in the beginning. Begin in the beginning. <laughs> so I I was I was opposed to this. And uh I guess so much of, of the value of this or you know, what your sense of what a reunion might be stems from your own experience in high school. And high school is like really hard for a lot of people. Sure. They hate it. Yeah. And I think they even grow to hate it more in time. The more they're removed, the more they're like, oh my God, that was awful. The more they come into themselves and they feel free to actually be who they are. Sure. They probably hate high school in proportion to that if they had a hard time there. Uh, I didn't have a, a hard time in high school. I had a nice high school experience it was a relatively good group of people. It was just a lot of fun, basically. Like, now, of course, there's some shitty things about it, sure. but uh, I look back at it fondly. But I didn't really have any need to revisit it. 
Right. And I think the people that I stayed in touch with, I wanted to stay in touch with, and I am kind of more or less still in touch with my group of friends, mm-hmm. barring some. So I just didn't really see the need for it. Yeah, you're like high school reunions, like Thanksgiving, or, you know, yearly yeah. for you, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. if you see your group of your old yeah. group of friends or the selection of that you want to keep in touch with, you're already united. You don't need to yeah. reunite. Yes. Yeah, so, that, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and like you know, over the years going home for the holidays, that that was, that was a reunion every single time. Sure. So I was I was kind of like, wow, why are we doing this? Like, what's the point? And then I was like, I'm not going. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go because it demands. Uh, you know, for me, it demands a five hour drive. It's, sure. It's Ottawa, and I'm in Toronto. <laughs> and uh, actually, throughout the night, I I never quite reconciled that question whether or not it was worth going or mm-hmm. not. I am glad I went. I did enjoy myself. But I'm still not 100% convinced that it was necessary or that I needed to be there. And throughout the night, I, I took an informal poll. When I talked to people, I was like, I was like, well, what's your, well, you know, what's your sense of reunions? Like, are you happy you're doing this? Not yeah. happy? And I, most people were like, you know, like, yeah, like, like glad I came kind of thing. But when asked if they drive five hours to mm-hmm. go, they were less, less willing, less inclined to do that. I mean, I can see from where you're coming from, if you had a solid high school experience, something that like non-traumatic, mostly non-troubling, then why would you go back and disabuse yourself of that notion, even if it was <laughs> perhaps oh, that's wrong? A, that's a good, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I put myself in a position where I potentially had something to lose. Like I had, but yeah, like I had yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah. Don't go back to the table. Yeah. Like I could have gone back to like, you were a grade A prick. You, you ruined my life. That yeah, right. I was, I left myself open to that. In some ways, you would think maybe someone like you would be the most inclined to go, but then you have everything to lose. You're sort of more <laughs> rosy, like non-problematic yeah. memory. Yep. So it's like stirring it up. It's a little bit of kicking a wasp nest. Yeah, 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 I think so. Exactly. Who knows what's coming up? So I have a, I have another friend and he kind of looked at himself. He's like, ah, I might have been a bit of an asshole in high school. So he yeah. had a slight worry of not being confronted, but are there wrongs that need to be righted? Right. I do, will I even remember them? Yeah. Um, there's that element too. That wasn't the case for me, obviously. But I, it's a good point. It's like, why why open yourself up if you don't have to? And maybe that was one of the reasons why I was like, I, I don't need to be doing this. So what tipped the balance for you? Was it just simple peer pressure, which is a throwback <laughs> to high school in itself? The most high school. Yeah, that is. The, in the end, the peer pressure of high school got me back to the high school reunion. No one was too bad, but people did keep checking in and pushing. Yeah. And then one friend made it really easy. He's like, you stay at my place. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I even have, you know, air miles. I can, I can fly you if you want. I, I didn't end up doing that. but Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So people made it easy and people pushed, basically. And then I, have, I had another friend in Toronto and we kind of went back and forth. And in the end, she was like, all right, we're going. We're just going to go. And and we'll do it. And so that that was it in the end. But it was wild. And you know, as I said, I'm I'm kind of in touch with most people there. It was it was in a sense low risk for me from that regard because right. I, I know bare minimum I'm going in and I'm seeing friends. I'm seeing yeah. like probably even like twelve friends. Sure. And and that's fine. And then anyone else is like a bonus, you know? Yeah. But some people went in there with like nothing. You know, like they wow. hadn't they were out of touch for years, they hadn't talked to anyone. Well, there's this one guy I couldn't remember his name. He was kind of just wandering around by himself. Like he'd kind of get in a little chat with somebody and then he'd sort of wander on his own for a while. It, it, it was like high school all over again. Yeah. This, that's, poor, this poor prick. What was the venue? 
it was a pub. Yeah. My friend was the main planner, but there was three co-planners. And they booked the back room. And um, so, you know, I probably got to like, I don't know, three. And then I, I met my friend. And we're just sitting at the bar. He lived like right there, basically. So we're just getting a bite with the plan that we're going to go back later. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I see like this giant swath of balloons come popping out. And I see this officious woman like setting them up I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's my friend Amanda. Yeah. And so the reunion, just like you're, you're thrust right into it, like right. right away. I see my friend. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know? Yeah. How long has it been? Like 25 years. So it's, it's wild in that regard. And then people started popping in. I was like, oh, my God, I got to go take a shower. But it's like the thing is just rolling right away. Yeah. Started early. Um, there were a few people there who were like deeply nervous. Yeah. One one of my friends who I talked to, I also hadn't seen it in a good while. She, she'd walked around the place like three times, like walked around the block three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> waiting for another friend to get there who wasn't there yet. She's like, I'm not going in solo. Finally did go in solo. Another friend who came later, who I hadn't seen also in like since high school, was like palpably nervous, really didn't want to come in. And I think she said her daughter had made her go. So not peer pressure, but yeah. <laughs> you Fam- familial pressure? <laughs> yeah. It was underattended. Okay. Uh, yeah, which I don't know. Maybe that's surprising. Maybe it's not. Uh, I think our graduating class was like, it was at least 100 people. You know, my, yeah. it might have been it might have been 200 people. It was like a pretty big high school. And of that, there were like 40 people there. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, even the people there have self-selected. So when you go around and do the poll, you have to remember 60% of the people did not even show. Yeah. Roughly, right? So when you say yeah, ask yeah. people, do you think it was worth it? Like these are all people who kind of already thought it would be worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the vast majority did not think it was worth it. They didn't go. I'm interested in the social dynamics because you mentioned this the soloist who's sort of wandering around, you know, re-traumatizing yeah. himself in like <laughs> not fitting in again. <laughs> yeah. Do you fall into the usual groups? Are they still as strong? But there is this pressure to move beyond these these groupings because yep. you could just hang out with your your friend that you're already yeah you know have kept in touch with. The whole mm-hmm. point of this is to sort of transcend the yeah. the teenage groupings. Yet they, the current would push. They, re- to- <laughs> they do reassert themselves. Yeah, pretty damn quick. Yeah, I, I think I tried to go out of my way to like keep sticking and moving, basically. Yeah. But did you do that in high school? I was a bit of a group hopper in high school. I liked to see what everyone was doing, and I had a couple of different groups. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I do have a personally I have a bad tendency at a party to just kind of like plan myself and not mingle. I'm a bad yeah. mingler generally. Oh. I don't know why that is. I'm just not a great mingler. Surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, the, um, yeah, I can see that though. The post up, you like to get into like a a, a deeper conversation. Yeah, exactly. Or something. I, I want to yeah. get into things. Yeah. you know, when you're yeah. when you're mingling, it's just it's constantly light. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I did I did go out of my way to like try and like to keep moving to keep yep. keep keep getting into different groups. Um. Again, it was it was small and there wasn't enough people to like reassert the full dynamics, I don't yeah. think. So it, it became a, a more uh, heterogeneous mass of people towards the end, which was nice to see and fun. And people got like good and drunk. Maybe the main takeaway, like all of, the, all of this buildup is to 
articulate this strange experience. You know, you have this like deep familiarity with these people. You, you've spent such formative years together, but you also haven't seen them in 25 years. Right. So it's this really bizarre intimacy. <laughs> it definitely feels still there. Yeah. But it feels like untested or un, untried at the same time. So it was a, a, kind of like a an experience I've never quite had before. It's a, mm. like, a, you know, incredibly unique feeling where you you feel this love and tenderness for these people. And those those teen years are, that's like battle, sure, you know, yeah. high emotions, battle-worn times. Yeah. Like, it's like a camaraderie. Yeah. But then you haven't seen them in like 25 years. And then when the conversation starts to drift into the banalities of adulthood, it's like it offends that relationship. Hmm. Yeah. So it, that, I think that, that was the most compelling dynamic there. There's like a deep love. Mm -hmm. You know, the 25 years collapse instantly. You're kind of right back into it. But then the the content of the conversations that you can have is like constantly threatening to blow that love apart. Right. So it's it's a tenuous thing, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the opening idea that you had everything to lose going back there. Because if it was good... <laughs> Then you bring sort of the mundane adult experience back there. It disrupts. At the same time, you've relived it, so you've forgotten those yeah. connections. And is there sort of jockeying? Like, are you in the conversation? Like, are we still joking like this? Or like, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, feeling yeah. people out, sort of. You know, like uh, so. I, I think that's like that's where it gets icky. You know, like right. well, like once you feel like you. I mean, I guess that could be fun too, and maybe that's how you begin to build an actual friendship again but i feel like that's where it started to get a little bit fuzzy because it's like the underpinning feeling is like we know each other so well mm -hmm. but then when you start to prod into it a little bit you're like we're complete strangers like we don't right. i don't know you at all like we don't we don't know each other right. at all anymore yeah so and and the bodies are different it's a bit of like yeah funhouse mirror situation <laughs> yeah, where people totally. you could tell Everything's the same, but it's distorted because age, yeah, and so on. You know, and we had a we had a slideshow going that I, um, my friend, masterfully made with these amazing pictures that I sent to you, um, and that was kind of up, and it really it like sunk you back in the milieu. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, oh man, like, you know, we had a playlist as well. You're kind of like flash dunked in this like alternate era for like a few hours. So is it pure reminiscent? Like it's it's interesting because you said it. Whenever things got too current, it yeah, it threatened to disrupt the fine balance of whatever's happening there. <laughs> the glow, you know. At the same time, and again, maybe it's because I kept sticking and moving. I didn't get <laughs> get in too deep with anybody. But at the same time, I was wondering about that. If there would be, you know, people come up to you with memories that you might not have and things like that. The reminiscing was was kind of light, you know? It was like just sort of the astonishment that you're with these people. Right. It's like a buzz almost. Yeah. You're just sort of like floating on that a little bit. And then you're like asking each other the questions like, well, where do you work? Like, what do you do? And, yeah. you know, like, and all that's fine because like you're not even really listening to each other. You're just kind of like floating on the buzz. That's the fundamental experience is a, is a wow, man. 25 then, years. So it's it sounds like it's, on the one hand, intimate, but also maybe a bit hollow or something. Maybe that's too strong. Yeah, hollow, I I, I like where you're going. Hollow doesn't quite feel right because it sort of diminishes it a little bit. Intimate, but tenuous, maybe. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. One more thing. There was, a, there was a, a, a group of three, and I couldn't remember their names. 
And I don't think they could remember me either. And like, there's that weird moment too, where you have like a sort of flutter of recognition. Yeah. You're like, do I go over? Do I not go over? And did you go over? Uh, In that case, I did not go over. Shit. Did that feel like shots fired? Or was that just more like, this is the way we always were and we always will be? (laughs) Yes, yes. In a sense, like it's poetic that that happened because I think I talked to everyone else at the reunion except for these three people whose names I can't remember. And they, I think they had, they had come together. They're obviously still in touch. You know, we didn't hang yeah. out in high school. You're not going to start. Think they now. remembered me, and yeah. like that was that. Yeah, yeah. It completed the circle. Yeah, it's like one night you get an, another run through of of the yeah. social dynamics. Everyone's yeah, changed. Yeah. People are carrying. <laughs> you know, 20 more pounds or whatever, their joints are aching, but you get to play the video game level one more time. That's and, it. And certain ones you're like, yeah, I would have always just turned away at this moment. So <laughs> I will turn away again. The instincts remain. <laughs> There's a slight sense of like, I don't know, fate or the inevitability or like questioning decisions you made, like not too much of that. It brings things up, right? What sort of feelings were coming up in the aftermath? Yeah, so I, I drove back with uh, my friend, and uh, as we were driving, there was like a round of calls coming into the car. Right. We we're just yeah. like people were just debriefing. Yeah. So like, had I woken up, you know, ha- again, had I been this poor prick who's just you know wandering around from group to group and mostly on his own, um, it, it might have been rougher. But I was able to like process it collectively. So mm-hmm. like, people were just like, "Did you talk to this person? Like, who is this person?" So that was nice too, and, and again, that's the was the benefit of just still knowing quite a few people in and around that group. And uh, I, I purposely tried to not limit the amount I drank, but just yeah. be mindful right. of Smart. that. You know, Smart. be like the the focus is talking to people. Like, definitely keep drinking, obviously, but the priority is talking to people. And also, like, I, I abstain from any and other additional. substances for that reason too i was like no it's gonna be trippy enough i'm foreseeing the amount of clarity that i'll require after this to sift through it so it was was all good no next day confusion i was still wrestling i was like well like a lot of you know not a ton of people went i probably didn't need to do that but as i'm talking to you now i am feeling more and more grateful that i did do it yeah so when you went around the room why did you feel like you needed to take the poll and then what (laughs) what were the responses to the poll uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, again, because I, I had questioned the, the purpose of, of this or the validity yeah. of reunions in general. You know, is this something that we like? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, is this is this a worthwhile endeavor? I was curious to know how many people would take the effort that it takes to come in from out of town to do something yeah. like that. So I was doubly curious on that front. I think almost everyone was like, I wasn't going to come or I questioned coming. No, like, yeah. I don't think I encountered mm. anyone who was like, oh, hell yeah, except, except for the people who were planning it. Yeah. Everyone questioned it a little bit. And the planners, I'm interested in them. Like, the planners are I know, different, I know. right? So I, I totally understand the reluctance to go. I understand yeah. the nerves on arriving. I understand the, like, doing a lap or, like, Hanging outside yeah. for a bit, not really wanting to go in. I understand the people who don't go at all too. The the sixty yes. percent that don't go. Yeah, I, I, I can the I can understand stairs. that. But there is of the one percent, which is the planner. Yeah, out of they, that a hundred or they're keen 2%. to go. Yeah, they're keen to go. 
you know, these might be your friends, so we don't have to like drag them or anything. But what are they looking to get? Do they have unresolved questions? I think these like knowing the people who stepped up, I think they're just they're just genuinely kind people who really enjoy everyone getting together. Like it's yeah. like a truly, you know, I was going to altruistic or benevolent, but no, I think that like they get something out of it. Yeah. And they get the joy of like making that happen or bringing bringing everyone together that wouldn't have happened otherwise. I think that was the prime driver. They just wanted to get people together. They're like the mo- the mums of the high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. They were they were mumming us up. Yeah, just gather just the table setting. Just like, come yeah. on in, <laughs> come on, everybody. Hey, look at you! And just Uh-oh. loving it. Just watching the dynamics again. They're just they must just be loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. Yeah, yeah, totally. My work is done here. Boom. Here's a slight pivot in a talking turkey fashion. What yep. should it look like? So you you went to what sounds like a pretty warm and relatively unproblematic high school reunion. 40% self-selected the people who felt comfortable enough going. Now mm-hmm. there's 60% out there. I'm going to say that in our usual turn to totalitarian um <laughs> <laughs> strictures if if this was run by the uh politburo or i think we should uh like 100 percent should like it should be mandated everyone has to go yes right like, yes you need to have the, the yeah. whole gang there whether you like it or not it's like high yeah. school uh, otherwise it, otherwise it's not a reunion yeah and penalties should be applied if <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't like, like, uh, like, like public canings? Uh, I mean, something that uh, at the level of a public detention, whatever that might be. Um, Some kind of like a high school level disciplinary action. I'm not sure what that is. It's like, yeah, yeah maybe it's detention. Yeah, it's you detention. just like get pulled out of your job. and But that would be like a... <laughs> I'd be like a reward Brought down to like a basement classroom in a, yeah. some office building downtown. Hey, so eyes, eyes forward. You're not allowed to nap. Um, but you know, maybe that would be a nice respite for modern life now. Oh detention, yeah. I think right? most, most adults would willingly take detention. Yeah. So, it, you um, know, there's the problematics of how to get them there, but if you could, you get, you got to have everyone there we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you got to have any surviving teachers there. Yeah. Like yes. the, the principal needs to be pulled out in a wheelchair, right? Like the principal needs to be wheeled in. I think that's a good call. What are the what are the shoulds of a high school reunion? Yeah. Mandatory attendance for all. Yeah. Um, ideally, everyone who's living and and was there for that span of years yeah. needs to be there. Cafeteria ladies. Um, yeah. Crossing guards. Yeah. Crossing yeah. guards out front because they've got things to they've they have a perspective on yeah. things. Yeah. Because really, it's like an airing out of what happened, right? Right. Yeah. It should be kind of a yeah. Like it's a, like a trial. <laughs> Not a trial, but some sort of, I, I can't think of the word, but some sort of play where you like. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, it's slightly elevated. Like like a mask? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a mask. Like a, rena- a renaissance mask? Yeah, you should be wearing um, a version of what you wore in high school, but maybe a little more extreme. <laughs> right? Like an elevated version. So like. Like the like the rave kid has to have those fucking yeah. giant like Jinko gen, jeans. Yeah, yeah, and like <laughs> like a lunchbox soother. <laughs> soother. 
Fur. Uh, faux fur. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you got to have the like Randy River shorts, you know, whatever. <laughs> People need to come with their best costume. Like it has to be a costume yeah. version of what it's they It's a wore. costume party. Yeah. Yeah, it's a costume party. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Should it be a murder mystery? Should it be a murder <laughs> mystery? That, that, maybe I'm getting off track. So, like, no, no, but I like that. There, there needs to be some kind of central tension or, right. or dynamic happening. I wonder if, like, every high school has its thing, like a major event. Yeah. You know, or, or, or like you pick a few of them and, like, that has to get, like, replayed out throughout the course of the evening. Maybe there needs to be, like, break off into classes. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's like you're still in a bar. Yeah. But, like, like 25 people go to, like, a table in yeah. one corner. That's math class. It's leading up to exams. Yeah. Exams at the end of the night. Certain amount of presentations need to happen. Maybe a small talent show for those. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. Like it, it needs to be in miniature as close as possible, but it could never be the same. So maybe it's very revealing in that. Yeah. Therein lies the insight, right? It's yeah. like we're, we're trying to replicate and in our inability, the ways in which we fall short. <laughs> Let's us understand so much more about our dynamics, about who we were. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you remember the the Charlie Kaufman film, uh, Synecdoche, New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's as you're, uh, I'm envisioning that. It's like, yeah. as we keep going, like, like throughout the evening, we rebuild the high school inside the bar. Yeah. And, and just, as, as it's happening, someone's like, this is absurd. And it's like, well, you're going to detention, buddy, if you keep this up. <laughs> Like, like I'm going out for a smoke. It's not smoking time. And if you want to go out for a smoke, that's at lunch and you got to go across the street. Okay. The more the more you call it out, the more you generate the yeah, the absurd fiction that of the recreation. I love that. You know I've been, I've been rewatching Degrassi Junior High. Okay, yeah. It's amazing the way that uh, that series works is obviously like a set cast. Yeah, um, But like any high school drama, there's a lot of extras. There's kids all the time in the background. Yeah. But sometimes some of those kids like elevate themselves <laughs> to actual characters. Right. I don't know the logic of that. Like maybe it's just on, on the day, like, oh, we need a line from so-and-so to make the scene work. Shit. And then maybe if the line lands and the kid's got presence, then they're like, yeah, maybe, yeah, okay, maybe we'll bring this kid in. So I started thinking along the lines that you're describing, I was like, what if some of these kids, these like background kids, we're constantly trying to generate like, plot right. lines to like, get into the show. Yeah. So like in the background, they like start a fight, like to just like get any any kind of storyline happening. So the camera just like pans over <laughs> and like picks up their story. It's like fiction becoming reality, becoming fiction. So if I'm hearing you correctly, we should be having the graduating class, the other classes are represented by extras in the Yes. <laughs> Right? But they yes. are actors. If it's not going well, some grade nine will cause a problem. <laughs> Always a grade nine. Elevated a moody, in. A moody grade you know, nine. Yeah. A, a grade nine has thrown a rock at a seagull out front. <laughs> you know, and that can be that can start the plot lines for yeah. the graduating class. And I'm imagining a, like a reunion complex. It's a bit like a haunted house where, you know, you're with a group of people who are oh, the yeah, ones yeah. that oh, are to be incredible. scared. Yeah. But yeah. you you move room to room and there's there's some mise-en-scene set up. It's like it's like an old high school. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, this is this is gold. There, there's a series now. Oh, it's called The Rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Um mm. and uh Nathan Fielder. 
Yeah, Nathan Fielder, exactly. Yeah. Like the Canadian, like kind of like absurdist comedian. Yeah. It's a similar premise, right? He he gets people who have like a certain challenge. Yep. And then he he completely reproduces with like a shocking level of detail, the context in which they can play out and confront that challenge. Right. So yeah. I'm envisioning this for that. You get like a nineties era high school, you get extras. That's yeah. the reunion. Yeah. A and real reunion puts us back. Right. There has to be, yeah, some rehearsal going on, of course. So, like, there's actors. So, the reunion is actually, it's like, we're in, this is actually a three year commitment (laughs) from everyone. (laughs) You're going to need to effectively become who you were. So, I'm going to need you to recreate your bedroom. You're going to need to get extras for your parents. Yeah. And (laughs) all leading up to this one night. To what end? We still can't answer the question, to what end? That's the haunting question that, that lingers around every any reunion. Here's an, here's an idea. With the reduction in class sizes and yep. the shrinking birth rate, we should have some high schools opening up that could be <laughs> Are you actually like, you're, you're looking at the logistics of doing a faithful reunion? I mean, there could be a uh, reunion grounds. Now, I don't know how you make that. <laughs> you're like, uh, it's a pilgrimage. You see work. You're like, high school reunion next week. Oh, yeah, right on. Are you are you doing the reunion grounds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they it's been booked up. Rehearsals have been going for three months now. Yeah, just mandatory. Do you know your lines? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you doing for uh, the talent show? Uh, I was <laughs> yes. never in talent show, so I don't have to do it. <laughs> like you don't so faithful. Like are you so faithful? Well, are you gonna pick up smoking again? I had to. I had, <laughs> I had to. And <laughs> I was missing out. You know, it reminds me of um. Remember that uh, that that Russian film? I think uh, I feel like we talked about this at some point in time. It's a Russian filmmaker, and he he like built a simulacrum of a of a town, and all the actors like had to come in there like every day and essentially live there as characters. I don't right. think there was even necessarily a story, but there were cameras everywhere. Okay. And so the actors had to come, like go through like a rigorous costuming, yep. more like clearing airport security where like everything from their normal life would be stripped from them. They'd be given their identity as like, you're a butcher in this town. Right. Um, and this filmmaker just like tried to painstakingly recreate the Soviet town. And I think it was like pretty brutal and abusive. It stopped being a film and started becoming like a fucked up, um, like psychological catastrophe. Right. Like an experiment gone horribly wrong. I, I don't know if the film ever got made, but I remember people were like equal parts like, yes, that's like brilliant filmmaking. And right. versus like, what a psychopath. How is this going on? So if I'm hearing you correctly, you might be suggesting that we could put people in like a four year. <laughs> They start in grade nine. <laughs> they assume the it's roles. Just, it's just high school. <laughs> it's just high school. They have to be, you know, they all start at 40 or whatever. It's a midlife thing. Um, you have to go back and go through it. It's filmed. But you're forced back through these roles in a performative way. That's a reunion. That's the only kind of reunion I'd accept. <laughs> Okay, well, what are the terms here? Oh, one night at a pub. Oh, no, 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 no. no. That's nope. not going to do. We didn't go to pubs. We were underage. Remember that? <laughs> Boo! 
so as I mentioned, there was the, there was you know like a, a photo montage happening throughout, and we had music. Uh, so we were really steeped back in the milieu of mid to late '90s life. Yeah. Um, I graduated in 98. I, we had OAC back then, so it was, it was yep. five years in high school. So I started in 93. Anyway, a recurring statement or sentiment that was being bandied around throughout the evening was people's gratitude for, for being in high school then and not now. Hmm. And and really, uh, I think there were a few reasons, but one of the big reasons was technology and the hmm. absolute absence of technology back then. You know, a couple of people had pagers. One of my friends had a cell phone right towards the end, and it was an unusual thing that he had a phone. It was, you know, constantly questioned and, you know, discussed. So I ask you. Yes. If you could choose one era mm. of technology, one like flash freeze moment in time of technology, mm. what would it be? Hmm. Safe answer is just whatever you went through, I guess. So to date myself, I would have been like one full high school period after you, I think. Or like I would have been grade nine when you were in OAC. I think I graduated like 2002. Yeah. So I was sort of right across the fame du siècle Y2K era. Yeah, right, right. Mine were like I had a pager, not a drug dealer, but did have a pager. You actually had a pager? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Did, it's because it was cheap. So yeah, it's just they, a, mu- they must have been so cheap. What was getting a pager? What did that consist of? Like, did you go to like, like it was like a bell store? It was, was a, like a Canadian tire? Kiosk. Mall kiosk. It's a mall kiosk. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was like five bucks a month. And okay. the only benefit is that if you're if you're driving around, which we would do sort of aimlessly driving around yeah, yeah. trying to find stuff to do a friend in another car could page you and then you stop at the payphone and then you call them. It was supposed to be able to send messages. Never yeah. really got that, that working. That didn't take off, right? Didn't, yeah, I remember well, hearing just, that. Like you could send messages, but people never sent phone numbers. Yeah, the technology just wasn't there. So there would be like some codes, like, you know, if a friend called and then put a code in, it could be yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah. it was nine nine one one. Man, we got to get over there. Yeah, that they would. But then it became like just they would always send the same code. So yeah, was there like, was never <laughs> there was never not an urgent page. It just became all urgent. So it was really yeah. just like if you weren't at home, someone could get in touch with you and you'd be like, oh, I should give my friend a call. And then it was yeah. always you know some bullshit or whatever. But it was yeah, just yeah. sort of a, a a lifeline or a point of contact. Hmm. Uh, I think I got it because I spent a lot of time at work and then driving around. Like, you're not at home as much at a certain point. So you're not necessarily sitting by your landline. It's good to know if someone wants to get in touch with you. That's it. However, cell phones were starting to get more prominent. We had, you know, 56K modems, you know. So we did have internet and we had like Napster. Yep. At that yep. time. Yeah. It was like my my first, first and second year of university. Just just downloading songs, playing them yeah. on Winamp. Yeah, and then ICQ, so the early stages of Messenger-type yeah. apps. But no social media, no Facebook until I was in university. I didn't get that until later. So I think that I would definitely choose sometime before social media. And yeah. now the question is, how much earlier? Like, do you go back to, like, you know, as a thought experiment, you could say the 50s or something. But yeah, yeah, it's just so foreign to me. 
I'm not even sure what that would look like. This occurred to me too. Everyone, everyone surely will select their moment of, I guess, where they have that perfect Venn diagram of like innocence mm-hmm. and like efficacy or ability. Yeah. So, so it's like they're not enslaved by anything yet. It's yeah. just pure kind of possibility. I'm I'm hoping that people today, younger people than I, maybe think the same way. Like maybe they're like Vine. Like Vine Vine was amazing when I was right. I was using like Facebook and Vine. But I don't know if I'd say if I'd say high school, I might say like a few years later, again, pre-social media. Yeah. But like the early days of Wi-Fi, like decently functioning internet services where you could do minimal transactions far more conveniently and reliably. Yeah. And 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 people understood how these things work. Like I, I feel like even in the early days of email, like you'd send one, you're like, like shrug. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's nifty, but you yeah. didn't really you know, like the, the trust wasn't there or yeah. the, we, we hadn't like shifted over. But yeah, I feel like everyone will, will probably pick that little, that moment of their life where they were maybe becoming an adult. And yeah. yeah, I guess the question is like, if you move forward, you gain technology at the risk yeah. of losing some sort of innocence where you're like, oh, well, if we had better internet, we would have spent less time just hanging out. We would have been right. more solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you go back, you lose technology. So you're giving up things. Like I liked, for me, it was exciting. That dawn of the internet and that era was very exciting. And I had fun like exploring. So I'm inclined to not want to give up the early internet stuff, even if you got even more of that sort of boring time that ended up being really valuable like the good times you remember often have nothing to do with the technology of the era they're enabled because you didn't have the technology in some ways but then you would talk to someone else and they'd be like well i loved land parties like local area network parties or someone someone might say (laughs) that is a big part of like playing halo or like call of duty people might see that as a really important part so it's it's a re- weird question because like I want to get more experimental and philosophical about it and like as a thought experiment and say like 1980 would be perfect <laughs> or like you know 1974 but yeah. then it's a really tough argument to make. I mean I guess I, I was kind of thinking about it sociologically for a minute there uh you know the turn of millennium the internet was like powerful enough to be useful but not to be invasive right. and controlling you know as it, i think many people feel it has become since then there was almost like a there was like a utopian sentiment in the early two i mean i was sure it was post 11 and war on terror and shit like that but it did feel like technology might be able to save and unite like it was a sort of inherent tool for good you know like google had the mantra like do no evil yeah we weren't locked in the algorithms at that point. It was a, a kind of like an incredibly powerful key that we could use to unlock new ideas, new realities. Um, yeah. The Arab Spring, yeah, kind of show the like like political. I guess that's we're getting into like kind of the 2010 at that point yeah. now. But it feels like over the last decade is when things kind of took a slightly more sinister toll. But to your point, I mean, younger people won't view it that way. Right. They'll view it as giving up essential parts of their adolescent experience. 
when they yeah, give up right. pieces of technology. So are is your answer a little bit Yours, you go a little bit, you go a little bit forward. So yeah. Okay. I'm like led IT in general. I just, I just kind of am. And I really did like my high school and I really was happy that there was none of those things were, I don't know, distractions is the wrong word, but they weren't around and we didn't miss them. Like there was, you know, it it was, it was fun enough, but there's also a lot of waiting around yeah yeah <laughs> so there was there okay there was there was physical waiting like yeah. you know you're making plans with people known as phones like you're you're waiting on each other or you're at home you're like we're supposed to meet up today and you're like yeah. oh I, i'm rearranging my whole plans like i mean yeah. that's just like a phone text thing yeah there's a lot of missing out yeah exactly there's a lot of waiting if you, if you miss the plan you miss the plan you yeah. know if you miss the ride you miss the ride but then there was also not philosophical but ontological waiting because right. I, I feel like the 90s was preparing itself in a sense for this like seismic shift that was that was coming yeah and it was like everyone knew that huge shit was on the way right you always got messages in high school like um oh you'll have like five or six careers and like the computers are coming like it was sure. just these think pieces that no one could really make anything of and no real changes had manifested other than now there's a computer in your library or there's yeah. you know your friend has a computer at home or you do um but there was a sense that there we were on the cusp of like a serious shift in society right yeah in a sense your life was like maybe even a teeny bit on hold while right. that was gonna play out i do feel that a little bit so i i've kind of like looked to jump myself forward a little bit and be like you know, when I was like in school or in graduate school, like early mid 2000s, you know, flip phone or even first iPhone, yeah. uh, you know, video stores are still available. You can go and like pick up a DVD. That was yeah. a nice experience for those who remember, like just browsing in an indie video store. Yeah. Um, those things were still around, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like it's like you kind of had one foot in both worlds, which yeah. uh, offered benefits of each, which was kind of nice. Yeah, I guess my counterpoint is you do have social media, which would have been like Facebook was in its heyday during yeah. that period. So Point. you have yeah, a, yeah. Diff- a radically different high school experience during that period. Yeah. Uh, my, my only argument for waiting was like hacky sack. You ever heard of that? That uh, I, like, <laughs> oh, like, like the de rigueur 90s pastime yeah, of uh, kicking kick the sack. Kicking the sack. And hacky sack was, I like to argue, that's the most important thing I learned in high school. Oh, fuck, that's a good call. You got to occupy that time. And yeah. how do you fill it? Hacky sack. Hacky sack. And you know what? I've saved so many things falling to the ground. I, I just could stall them out. I can. I you can have the inst- that foot? Still have it. You know, I've so many things. Have you, have you ever caught it like it, like an like an infant, like an infant's bottom has just landed on? I probably did. I probably have with my children. Yeah, but so many things have not broken because I spent yeah, that time waiting because of that time. And I can thank the twenty eight eight k modem for learning how to juggle because I would just learn to juggle while a- like, as it as, as it, it loaded. Yeah, and you're waiting oh, for amazing. a photo to. So like, yeah. there's these, th- you learned things in the waiting. Uh, devil sticks. Yeah. I mean, people aren't playing devil, devil sticks. sticks. <laughs> there's not oh enough time for these. You need a certain amount of boredom for some were of you, these. Were you, were, you, were you interested in like, like circus arts? and? <laughs> no, I just, uh, yeah, I think it was undiagnosed ADD. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to keep moving. So I would keep it moving while waiting. 
Yeah, it's an interesting point though. Again, to your to your earlier point, it's like uh, there's there's life built into these little like the unexpected results of these technological shifts. Like yeah, because of because of the slow modem, you're doing this other thing. And yeah, like, there's real life that happens there, stitched to that, and there you don't regret the the advent of it, right? Yeah. Like I remember um, my mom would always get mad because I would juggle the fruit and vegetables that were in the kitchen. And like put those, those down. That's not the tomatoes. Come on. <laughs> not the bananas. But those are some funny cherished memories of mine was that kind yep. of banter where I'm like, I'm gonna juggle and yeah. then I would inevitably <laughs> drop one, you know. Yeah, but yeah, of course, it, of course. But there's a playfulness in those moments of waiting, which I you know, I totally hear what you're saying. You know, how much time do we waste like flicking channels, channel surfing, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. um, if you could just get reruns. streaming, streaming has so many advantages, but yeah. the problem is there's so many trade-offs which each, with each of those technologies when you get, yeah. you get streaming, but you also get always on email and. Yeah. Or, and even, even with the streaming, there's a kind of like that Netflix paralysis, like too much choice. It's like you starve in front of all the options. Everyone's been through that where you're like, you're like, I don't want to watch anything anymore. This is too painful. Just like flying through. Like otherwise, you know, before you go, the choices are made for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess my question to you with the foot in each, you know, the where like you could rent DVDs, but you could also have some of the advantages and convenience of the Internet. Was that just a good point in your life, you know? Oh, yeah, I, th- I think I think so, and I think yeah. yeah I, again, it's just so it's so stitched to biography. It's like yeah, what, what was a moment in time where you felt really free and easy in life? You know, where yeah. you felt like you were on top of things. You know, yeah. that's probably the technological moment that you that you want to settle in, right? It's it's not technology; it's biography. You were yeah, you know, ha- you happen to be just really on top of and enjoying your life at, at whatever moment in time. I can see the. DVDs, but decent Wi-Fi, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, and it's not bad. It's not a bad time. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Put, Google worked. Yeah. Facebook was there, but, you know. Boom! I don't know if we want to pivot to the, the even bigger existential question. This is a question you had. Yeah, yeah. So forget us. Yeah. At what moment in time was society best served by its technology? Right. Or best served by its capabilities? The Goldilocks moment of technology where yeah. it wasn't yes. too much, it wasn't too little. It's just right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one, we can get a little bit more philosophical about, but it's like, you could go from this move from like no fire to fire or like uh, no yeah. tool use to tool. Like I'm thinking of the start of 2001, a space odyssey when the, right. the primate, like a, like a, a world changing technology. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. the adoption of tools at first. Now that's not going to be my choice, but you could argue like just the base primitive level of technology was such a huge, like just coming into technology so separated the, <laughs> like the, the, the source the source so we'll start at the source in a rousseauian fashion it's like yeah yeah it's a just romantic move the use of tools itself the first time yeah is maybe the ideal point because we have separated ourselves from the animal kingdom in a lot of ways yeah yeah, yeah. but we haven't 
started killing each other with it, or maybe that's the first move. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was there resistance? Was was like, like don't do that? Don't what are you doing? Like the they were sh- the first one was shamed. Like yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That first it's not a monkey tool. It's a bone. Okay? Yeah, come on, we're done. Man. This we're not doing bone stuff here. Look at this idiot with the bone. They're like mocking him. <laughs> Uh, yeah like um yeah so maybe not that point but then no but that's that's interesting the sheer possibility of making a nature culture divide right at that point everything went downhill (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah so is that is that not theoretically the worst moment (laughs) yeah it's probably the worst moment actually yeah but it it would be the most exciting moment yeah that's true (laughs) that's true but you still have, you know, disease, pestilence, starvation. You're still mostly at the mercy of the natural world. So it's probably not like the the Goldilocks yeah. moment. Now, if you fast forward a little bit further to something like electricity. Yeah. Somewhere where electricity has joined the mix. Yep. That's a pretty big moment. That's uh, a big one. Oh, is that the perfect moment? No, we're so much disease. Uh, okay. I- I mean, as as being a, I'm such a naysayer of what's happening technologically right now. I can only see the naysaying, like first of the first bone picker upper. I'm like, just put it down, man. right? And then electricity, I'm like the candles, the fire are fine. We don't need that. Yeah, the, the uh, electricity is the start of having to work longer than daylight. You know, it makes the evening productive. It makes nighttime productive. So, um, along with electricity, you have to have something like penicillin. Because then at least you're not, like, it's not bright and you can see your wounds being affected, (laughs) right? Like, at least you have have some defense. So it's like we're getting closer to a technological Goldilocks moment if we can actually treat our wounds in well-lit and sanitary conditions. Sewage systems in place, right? These kinds of things, like like dentistry, like minimal dentistry, minimal medicine, like functional medicine. Yeah. As in in things like anesthetic and penicillin, like these like baseline things that we take for granted. Things that used to be like unimaginable, like surgery without anesthetic. And just like excruciating, like having a tooth that's like half falling out of your face. Yeah. You'd have to live with for like a six week period till it just falls out. It's just, that's a sweet spot. What about so? Are we looking at pre like automobile and gas combustion engine? It's hard for us moderns, yeah. postmoderns, to not just look at the car as like a complete fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, I mean, of course, it brought mobility to people. I just there's 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 better ways to to achieve mobility like, like trains, right? The network of trains. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know what the car did. It brought like privatized mobility. Yeah, uh, comfort. I mean, there was there's this well known sort of fallacy that at one point in New York City they were like, it's going to be completely flooded with horse shit. Like, what are we going to do with all the horse shit? Right? Because they didn't yeah. know the car was coming. So it's, you know, right. like, that solved that big problem. So there was, mm-hmm. like, a lot of livestock around before the car. Yeah. It could have... There's, uh... there's a lot of livestock <laughs> around. <laughs> um, so it got us off that. Maybe we should have just stopped at the steam engine, you know? And, like, no, no <laughs> airplanes then? 
right? So it's like, yeah. I mean, even the plane, like I know this, this might be a, yes, not a, not a popular statement to make. It's a big world. I get that. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to sound provincial, but that's why we had ships. There are ways to travel. Yeah. Like it's not travel. Travel wasn't impossible. Like you could cross the Atlantic. Yeah. You, there were trains like, yes, it was slower. Yeah. But that's fine. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that trade off was necessary. But so we're kind of zeroing in on like 1900 ish then, like, <laughs> so which think... didn't seem like a great time to be alive. Like... No, I know. It seemed like the worst time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. just before the Model T hit. Uh, but yeah. we, you know, it's post Victorian because that's that would be when a lot of the medical stuff yeah. came into play. We, in need, like... we need the Victorian era to happen. Yeah. But we, we don't want, era to happen. but we don't want modernity. I don't think we want modernity, but that feels, That's, that feels too on brand for me that I'm questioning it. I can't force this because I, it's curmudgeonly. What did we get from modernity? Climate change, you know, global yeah. warming. We got identity. We got, we got people's ability <laughs> to articulate themselves. Right. That's a modern innova- innovation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the idea of, of uh, modern selfhood. Um, yeah. To define yourself in and outside of your social and familial community, right. I, I don't. I mean, I say that it, that's a good thing, but as I'm explaining it, I don't. Maybe that's exactly what we're all. That's the issue. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's we hold that up as so sacred that we kind of forget what we sacrificed to, to make that possible. Yeah, it's that very idea that gets us in individual cars, each each of us. Yeah, you know? yes, exactly. So it's it's a tough thing because if we try to find that technological period, we end up in like a, a shitty historical period, it feels like. Um, like the period that culminated in, in the First World War. Yeah, I don't know if that was a great period. But no, you know, that that's not a, a period I'm an expert in. The very fact that it had to end in the First World War expresses like a deep naivete that was like lurking in that period. Like, wasn't the one of the biggest novelists of that period Thomas Hardy? Like, isn't that yeah, like, yeah that his, his zone late Victorian? Uh, yeah, that seemed pretty dire. Yeah, pretty dire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like r- rigid social hierarchy. Still, yeah, it really was the the First World War that started to really kick away at aristocratic and highly stratified society, which we're kind yeah. of oddly drifting back towards, but inequalities at every level, education. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like you wouldn't yeah, even yeah. know what's going on. And I maybe maybe you yeah. think that's a good thing, but if you read a Thomas Hardy novel, you're like, Jesus Christ, this seems <laughs> dire. And they have no idea why this is going on. They're just suffering. And it's miserable. <laughs> and they don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, have any not... idea how to get out, get outside of any of this stuff. They can't yeah. even see it as a, as a system. Um, We're learning something. So technology continues to be a liberating force. Yeah. When does it stop being it, a liberating force? It liberates a lot of carbon, but as Liberated well. a fuck ton of carbon. Yeah. Yeah. When does um, it stop? This, the sixties is a necessary period. You have gay rights, you have women's rights, you have yeah. civil rights. You have decolonization. I mean, it's not just the 60s, but yeah. that's a galvanizing moment. Big time you know, for this the car. Semi-independent of technology, but the point is like that we needed to get to these places too. Yeah. But if you want to freeze frame somewhere. Yeah. It, I mean, all of this stuff is very Western centric. We I can't even yeah. really speak to techn no technological 
a pox at any other era. Like, yeah, I have totally. no actually big... the Ming Dynasty had. Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. Like maybe if if I knew more about international civilizations, yeah. maybe that would that would help. But if we just use our Western lens, which we would use this whole time, like it just pushes you back to like the fifties or the sixties, like some yeah. sort of like cliched or the twenties. Yep. And how is there? And how is that not nostalgic? And right? we've like debunked all that stuff as as like actually that those were tough periods for X yeah. and Y reasons. Like these are you know this this yeah. this is what the conservative talking points are like. Let's get back to these times yes. before X or yeah. Y happened. Yep. And you're like, yeah, it was yep. never no. what you're saying it was. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. The, the whole we, yeah. project of critique sort of undercuts yeah. that or historical critique goes back and yep. says hey like what you think the 60s were this narrative or what you yeah. think the 20s or the 40s were like it it was actually much more dire than that absolutely yeah more suffering for more people yeah the, the 60s that you thought were there were never existed in the first place so like there's all these you know not to mm. not to play grad student but no no um so then so then the moment has to be right now just pause it here <laughs> or your think, high, maybe it goes back to high school at you, like whatever high school you were like what, yeah any exactly anyone anyone anywhere anytime whatever their high school was that is the that's ideal the perfect moment answer. of technology of life of everything and yet we've said it's a tough period it is a tough period for most people like even if they yeah. had a good period it's still a very tumultuous difficult yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. period. Yeah. I like this idea that it's a personalized answer. It's a personal yeah. period. And it, I has, it has to be to in be, high school. It has to be personalized. <laughs> it yeah. has to be your own high school period. <laughs> That's the ideal technological period. Here's a question. Yes. Is it possible to live as a holdout? Are there is is there anyone still living as a holdout? Right. I think this is an early talking turkey yeah. point, which is like, can you live in another era? Yeah. <laughs> For a while, people really tried. In the 2000s, that yeah. was the goal. It was like a heavily nostalgic turn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember this clearly. I saw a couple in a pickup truck. The truck was from the 70s. Like, it was like everything was perfect to that era. It was yeah. like a late 60s, early 70s. Her and him, they were they were my age. Yeah. And they like they had just like completely stylized this moment. And I was like... What if like they go home and inside they have like a rotary phone right. still and like a tel black and white television? Like how committed are they to this bit? There's a, a cartoonist in Guelph named Seth who's quite famous uh, cartoonist. And his whole house is like 50s kitsch stuff. Oh, he, no like, way. He dresses in that complete. He like pretty committed to it. Yeah. But I feel like those guys love the internet the most, though. No matter what, like this is uh, nost nostalgia is like, in a sense, an internet driven phenomenon, feels like to me. It's like a heavily curated, highly researched. Right. Yeah. Uh, way of life. Yeah. You have, <laughs> uh, and I think of the rise of homesteaders. Yeah. Currently. Right. Right. Like, yeah. But we see them on YouTube. So it's like they're filming their every move. I mean, there's probably homesteaders who aren't. But they're yeah. learning about homesteading from the internet because yes. that's where the yeah. resources are. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it seems really hard to opt out. I think you're right. It's heavily researched, which is based on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not going to get these primary texts from the library. 
about <laughs> homesteading. It's, it's a post-digital impulse to find some positive moment of purity in the past and yeah. like go back and, and like claim it and live it. You need to be well on the other side of the digital world to even have that drive in the first place. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could live as if you're post-digital, but it the whole... Like, uh, like off-the-grid living. Yeah. But the yeah. but what gave you the tools to get off the grid yeah. was the digital. The so digital. you have yeah. to ride that into the sunset. <laughs> the internet superhighway into the sunset until you're off grid. And then you have yeah. to like dip back on at some points. I mean to yeah. Yeah. to teach others or to like get your t- <laughs> you know or to learn, you know, learn new skills cuz there's not like a an old farmhand who's like, well, yeah. I'll show you how to do that. Like no- knowledge isn't transferred in communities anymore. Yeah. There were these I, homesteaders are, are soloing it out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the only reason they can do that. It's individuated. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a, you know, I mean, yeah. rest in peace, Christopher McCandless or whatever it's named, into the wild, right? Like you try to go pre-internet total post digital into the, just eating berries. Whew. We saw that. We saw that movie we win. So about it. You'll get you'll get Eddie Vedder on a ukulele. That's how that one ends. <laughs> oh shit. Fuck I've learned something, man. Drop the nostalgia. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Alright.
not like yesterday I wish we were young again But that's only wishing You were trying to warn me then But I never listened 